All right, and what's going on, everybody? And we're back here for part two on the Dynasty Owners Manual podcast, where I hope you all had a chance to check out part one, where Addison, Adam, and I, we walked through the first half of our picks where we looked at Matt Miller's latest mock on Bleacher Report, and we took a look at his picks from both a real football team fit and then also from a fantasy and dynasty perspective. So I hope you all were able to check that out. So we get into part two where we start looking at some of the second and third round picks, at least from a dynasty perspective, and then perform some of the same process where we talked about those picks from a fantasy perspective. And if we really see some of those picks working out from a uh, from a team fit perspective as well. Uh, for the Superfex folks, we didn't forget y'all where we talked about some of the quarterbacks, just the ones at the, uh, at the towards the top of the draft. So Joe Burrow, Tua, uh, and then also we talked about Jalen Hurts because he's one of the picks that we see rising in popularity and one that we hope finds a good landing spot here in the draft. So we'll hop right on into that. Hope you all were able to check out part one. Hope you all enjoy part two. And of course, first and foremost, uh, we hope everybody is safe and enjoying their time with their family. So take care. Uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Y'all be safe. It's automatic. <laughs> and here are your authors, Chris Allen. And Adam will do. Our third round guys, and then I just want to mention now that for time's sake, we'll pivot a little bit. I just want us all to talk about our quarterback. So for you two, your your first round picks, but I'm going to talk about my second round guy when we get to that. So just so everybody knows ahead of time, we want to do a little super flex portion of the show too. Uh, Let me kick off the third round with Tyler Johnson. And if you had a million dollars on the line and you said name the staff writer that wrote Tyler Johnson's uh, article, who do you think it was, Chris? Who wrote Tyler? Uh, DLF staff writer. Oh, come what? on. Million dollars. Which DLF staff writer wrote Tyler Johnson's article? I don't know, to be quite honest. Peter Howard, man. Oh, of course. That's Peter's yeah. guy. So uh, he, this is the article that I read in preparation for this show. Uh, Peter Howard did a wonderful piece on Tyler Johnson. Obviously, it's going to be mostly analytically driven, but he produced at a crazy good level in college. Um his market share is phenomenal all throughout college. Uh, the the thing is, his draft capital is just – it's not going to be there. So Matt Miller has him going very late. He's got him going uh, in the fifth round, 186, and he's got him going to the Chargers. So I looked at two mocks. I, I had one prepared before Matt Miller's, and I had uh, uh, Matt Miller's that came out today that Addison shared with us. And the first mock I had was actually to the Eagles. Even with the Eagles taking Justin Jefferson, I would love Tyler Johnson to go there. Just like we mentioned earlier, it was such a glaring need. And the only problem with with him going to the Chargers that late is they're not in a win-now window, and we don't know when they're going to be in a win-now window. We don't know who they're going to get at the quarterback position. We don't know how much Tyrod we're going to see, hopefully a lot, because Chris and I just traded a little something for him the other day. But um, we just don't know what kind of situation. There's no guaranteed – opportunity there for for a fifth or sixth round player however if he takes his production from college and steps right into an nfl offense that's ready to use him like the eagles would be i think that would be a nice place for him and i think he might even creep up into the late second if he landed on the eagles we'd like to see him i i feel like he's a fourth round player uh, in the real nfl draft I don't know that he's really going to get to pick 186. I, I think he should go probably earlier than that. If he does go earlier than that, especially to a team like the Eagles, look for his his stock to rise. Uh, what do you think about that, Addison? Yeah, I I mean, Tyler Johnson's like whole entire season and into the 2020 draft process has been so bizarre because he came into 2019 as probably most people's wide receiver like two to Jerry Judy, maybe wide receiver one for some people, but just because of his analytical profile in Minnesota from the years prior and everything, everybody was really excited about Tyler Johnson, myself included. And then like all this stuff happened, like he didn't do anything analytically in 2019 to like have people drop him off of their radar. But then the, the combine happened and, you know, he just he fell so hard, and he's one of those guys that I think can really be, you know, a, a huge like jackpot in the third round if you can get him. I don't know if I like, you know, the the Chargers as a spot just because of you know Keenan and Mike Williams and Hunter Henry still there and Austin Eckler coming out of the backfield. 
you know, like that that whole thing. So I don't know if that's like the greatest landing spot for him. Um, I, I would like to see him come into a team where he can become more of an established wide receiver too, like Green Bay um, or, you know, something like that. But I just – I really feel like Tyler Johnson is just being so under underdrafted, overlooked, however you want to look at it. And he has all the makings of to, you know, potentially become a star in the NFL and not in the sense of like – a, a really good like wide receiver one for fantasy, like, you know, a, a Tyler Boyd type player or, you know, someone in that kind of vein who's like a, a perennial, like lower end wide receiver too, but he's always just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Robert Woods, you know, kind of thing, you know, in, in that, that whole regard, I could see Tyler Johnson's ceiling being kind of that. And I think he has a re- fantastic opportunity to do that. He just has to go to the right team. And I don't think the chargers are it though. No, nah, I don't think the I don't think the Chargers are are honestly it. Like I I do think that that fit would be great uh, if he wound up on a team like we had discussed earlier, like the Eagles, um, or a team a team with like legitimate wide receiver help, but already has like an established quarterback that can access some of that talent. So let's say even if like so Tyler Johnson, I didn't know this. Like he's from like he's from Minnesota. So like what if he went to the Vikings? I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't sure. hate that. I mean, wouldn't no. hate that to be quite honest. I mean, they just extended Kirk Cousins. Stefan Diggs is gone. Adam Thielen is 29 years old. So, I mean, bringing in somebody like that, even though we've already seen, and this could be like the, like, I think Addison like put it perfectly where it's just the, the misfire for him, I think at the, like, uh, towards during this off this this recent off season and like throughout the combine where like his draft stock has really kind of fallen, it could be like one of those stories where if let's say if the Vikings were to take him and then he winds up popping like we think that he can, it could just be like I guess karma for their Laquan Treadwell pick where it's just like he got hyped up, they wind up taking him, the pick misfires, then they wind up uh, drafting Tyler Johnson like late and then he winds up like just having this huge value like afterwards and I think that'd be great but I think th- but I think that that's definitely within his range of outcomes right because of the because of the size because of the strength because of the speed I, I think that's possible for him I think it's within his range of outcomes it just he needs to find that right spot and I think one of those two areas or one of those two teams I think could be perfect for him you know, Matt Miller actually does have the Vikings mock to take a uh, wide receiver in a range that Tyler Johnson would be available. Actually, 80 picks before he has Tyler Johnson mocked, he has the Vikings taking Isaiah Hodgins. I'd much prefer Tyler Johnson there, and I, I think that that would be a, a perfect spot for them to fire on their um, wide receiver option outside of uh, outside of Adam Thielen going forward. So mm-hmm. pick 105 is a perfect spot for them to try to land a guy like Tyler Johnson that could be like we just talked about that could be through the moon for them and um they didn't have to invest um you know huge draft capital and if it weren't for the if it weren't for the combine i mean he probably would have been considered higher uh it's just unfortunate chris you and i have done a lot of shows on it on the combine every year so far and every time it's just unfortunately we have to value the combine because the nfl values the combine if they would if they would value the combine appropriately then tyler johnson would be um a higher rookie pick for us but Mm -hmm. uh yeah that wraps up tyler johnson uh, someone i'm excited for someone that in the third round i think it's going to be a great pick for you because we're just shooting darts in that round who do you got for us in the third round addison Yes, it's time to talk about my boy, KJ Hamler, Penn State. Um, so I'm just going to say right now, this is like complete bias. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I Always a great start. I love <laughs> KJ Hamler, everything about KJ Hamler. And, you know, this mock draft just made me all the more excited for him because Matt Miller has KJ Hamler going in round two, pick 48 overall to the New York Jets. And if that is not the Robbie Anderson replacement of the mm. free decade, I just, boy, would I be so excited about that. And the only thing that I would want to happen after this pick would be for the Jets to fire Adam Gase. That'd be like the only <laughs> other thing that could make this pick any better. It would be fantastic. So, I mean, KJ Hamler is, a lot of people have had a lot of concern about him in terms of his height, his size that whole thing because you know he he's coming in at I, I think it was five foot nine that he came in 173 pounds or something like that so he's not you know the biggest guy on the field but you know that never stopped him from 
you know, winning in college and winning at Penn State. He wins with speed. He wins with route running. He's, you know, I don't care that he can't win 50-50 balls or do all that stuff. I really don't because he wins in so much other, so many different ways other than that. You know, he, he doesn't have to be your red zone guy. I don't care. But, you know, whenever he can go to a team that can utilize his speed, and uh, it'd be really funny to pair him with Sam Darnold because Darnold was the quarterback for the USC team that beat us in the Rose Bowl a couple years ago, which is really unfortunate. But anyway, that's just the college football tidbit there. But yeah, if he were to go and be the Robbie Anderson replacement for the Jets, I mean, Anderson last year, uh, 52 receptions, 779 yards, and five touchdowns on 96 targets. Like that, that would be a phenomenal rookie season for him even if he just even if he had short of that like 600 yards and four four touchdowns whatever that is you know it, it it's that's what i want from kj hammer i want him to have the opportunity to go to a team he doesn't need to be the wide receiver one for that team but if he can just go be their speedster be their deshaun jackson i think his ultimate ceiling is a guy like ty hilton who uh, kj comps to very closely and i think if he has that upside He's very much worth it to be able to take in the you know the mid, late second round pick or, or wherever you have to take him. And with that draft capital of a second round pick, I think is is just going to give him plenty of opportunities to be able to succeed in the NFL. And I think he's going to succeed in the NFL. And if he doesn't, then um, all my hope is lost because he was phenomenal for Penn State and he was our go to guy. <laughs> and I love KJ Hamler so much. So, <laughs> I mean, I. I have to echo like every. I can't do a better job than what Addison just said. There's no way. I There's, mean, like he how started it to with being that? biased. So he started with being biased and just completely like lit his mic on fire. Like, with that. like what else am I supposed to say? I mean, yeah, I can't. So, I like. I feel like I almost need to be contrarian or something like that in order to in order to come back at that. There's nothing more to say. We it, can't. We can't give him more praise. No, I pulled up our guy Ray Garvin's a uh, uh, piece on him, and he's the fourth member of the DLF video team. Not here today, but. Uh, He's he compares him to uh, Marquise Brown, and I like that comp a lot. Uh, he yeah. actually doesn't. So, so some negativity for you, Addison. He doesn't like the Jets landing spot. Uh, Ray, Ray wants him to go somewhere that has a an established wide receiver one, and I actually I actually do kind of echo that because Jamie's gonna hate <laughs> right the disrespect. Yeah. It's just. just just because he's he's gonna be the type of guy that's gonna be the like the low vo- volume deep threat, uh, but. He's definitely got the ability to be highly productive. I mean, think like, uh, you know, Will Fuller's 25% touchdown rate is kind of what comes to mind when I watch him. <laughs> He's just going to be one of those productive deep threats. And uh, I just wanted to mention Ray linked his his uh, from Logic Sports on Twitter, his uh, 21.1 miles per hour you hit at game speed. That's incredibly impressive. So uh, he's someone to, someone to be excited about, too, in the third round. Both of the guys that we've talked about in the third round are guys that if they got drafted as early as we anticipate um, or earlier than we, we anticipate, they could definitely be second-round rookie picks. Uh, what do you got for the last third-round pick, Chris? Uh, third-round pick that I've got uh, is Michael Pittman. Uh, so Matt Miller has him at 70th overall to the Dolphins. I don't hate that. I honestly don't. Now that's also assuming, and we'll get into it more. Uh, we'll get into it more later, since I also have uh, Tua as my quarterback that we'll be discussing later, and he also has uh, Tua mocked to the Dolphins. We'll see whatever uh, first round antics happen within the first few picks, trade ups, and like people trying to move in order to get their guy. But assuming they get Tua. Uh, I mean, I actually, to be quite honest with you, uh, in the I guess in his rookie season, assuming Pittman goes to it goes to the Dolphins, I I really like that fit. I mean, you've got Devontae Parker who has now done the impossible of having the you know the fifth year breakout, so it happened. Uh, but behind him, it was so it was Devontae Parker, it was Preston Williams, and then after that, I mean, the next pass catcher of note was Mike Gesicki, like last season. I mean, yeah, you had. Alan Hearns there, and so that was fine. Uh, you had Albert Wilson there. I mean, they both played their ancillary roles effectively, maybe. But, I mean, uh, Albert, uh, I think Wilson was hurt for most of the season. Hearns was coming off injury, if I'm not mistaken. So, 
I mean, behind those guys, it really was just Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, like for most of the season. So even let's say even if they don't get to a let's say they wind up having to settle for like Herbert or whomever, like after that, I mean, they still have Ryan Fitzpatrick there. I mean, who I guess he played admirably like for for the Dolphins like last season. They've made too admirably. Yeah, and like they had, I mean, they've made a number of moves like at uh, at defense. That I mean, this is actually now a, like a respectable squad on paper. So I mean, adding somebody like Michael Pittman, I mean, just a large like big body dude. I mean, what like six three, six four, two fifteen, two twenty. I mean, who essentially? I mean, since I had like Cortland Sutton's like profile pulled up on Player Profile because since we were talking about him earlier, I mean, he profiles like Cortland Sutton. I mean, from a size and speed like perspective, I mean, he profiles like Cortland Sutton. So if you give me yeah. somebody that like that has that like similar size, so if you got if you already have Devonte Parker, who's a fairly large dude to begin with, Preston Williams, who can play inside and outside, and now you add also Michael, a big dude, and also a big dude. So now you add, side. I mean, yeah. So you add a guy like Michael Pittman, like on top of that. I mean, this is a. I mean, this is a good squad. I mean, with I mean with Kaseki now. I mean, he's coming along as a tight end. Uh, I mean, we'll see what they want to do at the running game. Uh, I mean, if Jordan Howard is actually the guy, uh, but I'm not. I'm not 100 sold on that. I think they grab a running back uh, in the draft. But they I mean, Swift. yeah, I, I think so. Matt Miller has Swift gone. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. and that's and that'd be another thing. It just like I, I see them it, like in this draft, I can almost see them completely overhauling the. I mean, this offense, and mm-hmm. if that's the case, I mean, from a from an offensive perspective, or at least from an I guess a passing game offensive perspective. I mean, this is a. I mean, that's a hell of a landing spot. I like it. I mean, I, I, don't, I again, I can just echo everything that Chris said, like he did when I talked about KJ Hamler. I mean, the only thing <laughs> make sure you're biased. <laughs> the uh, the only thing that I would have to say about a landing spot in Miami is again, we're talking about Parker and Preston Williams, both big big wide receivers, you know. And so, is one of them going to get pushed to the slot or? You know, are they just going to try and stick with two of those three wide receivers playing majority of the time? And so one of them kind of gets boned on, you know, snaps or like what would be how would the offense work? How would they utilize all three of those wide receivers? And if if that's going to be a problem, whether it's Tua or whether it's Fitz, you know, who who is going to get the majority of those targets if it's going to be picked two out of those three mm-hmm. or if all three of them are on the field at the same time you know it and is is it's just to me i question how that offense would would look with three big bodied wide receivers and mm-hmm. i would think that whoever gets pulled into the slot if that were to be the route that they go whoever gets pulled into the slot would probably be the best fantasy wide receiver on that team outside of the guy who on the outside is probably catching more of the touchdowns um, because I think the slot guy would become more of the PPR guy and would just be, you know, racking up catches. He'd be like six for 70 every single week and would just be just a PPR monster. Um, but, but other than that, I mean, I don't have a problem with Miami. I think Miami has a decent shot of being a, a really good team over this whole entire decade. I think they, they rebuild very well. Uh, assuming that they hit on a lot of their picks here. So uh, I'm, I don't really have anything against it. <laughs> yeah, so Preston Williams is huge, by the way. And uh, you I guys are dead. Too. God damn, he's 6'4". Yeah. yeah. Good lord. Uh, I, I have him at 6'5", but yeah, he's massive. Um, also, you guys have been crushing it on your um, height weights today uh, because Pittman is only one inch taller and only five pounds heavier than Cortland Sutton, Chris. So <laughs> excellent size comp off the top of your head. Um, I just want to say, if we're going to talk about bias, Matt Miller absolutely destroyed the draft for the Dolphins. If the Dolphins come out with this draft, uh, they're going to be legitimate playoff contenders, I uh-huh. think. If not this year, then next year. Uh, not much to echo on Pittman besides the fact that uh, there, it's just a little bit redundant, kind of like I mentioned earlier. It's it, there. He he has the same kind of play style as Preston Williams. Um, Devontae Parker's a little bit more versatile. We finally saw that last year. It feels so weird to say that, 
but uh, assuming we get what we got from Parker last year, I think he would still be uh, soundly the wide receiver one. It wouldn't be at much risk with Pittman. Um, I also have to mention that Preston Williams is coming back from an ACL. It says no timetable, but they're not going to give him a timetable right now because we don't even know if we'll have a season. So let's just assume he's going to come back healthy next year. They got an absolute steal with Preston Williams because of off the field kind of character issues. So there's not necessarily a ton of draft pedigree behind them that that would keep him on the field um, over Pittman. I, I don't. I think it would be a battle for that number two spot, even though Preston Williams handled himself quite admirably. Like uh, not not to the surprise of some people, like Matt Waldman, some some big film people knew that he was going to produce well. It was just off mm-hmm. the field issues that was keeping him from getting drafted at a respectable location. Um, that would be an interesting. That's a that's a type of pick that I don't know that they necessarily need to make. I think that they could use um, help at wide receiver. Uh, they they do still have Wilson, but uh, I guess I could, so here's here's a question for for you guys. Then so we think that uh, Pittman to Miami. I mean stock up, stock down. I mean stock up. I mean we have no issue with that landing spot. Yes, yeah, stock think, up for Pittman. Yeah, yeah, to, for sure. Maybe but not I think Dolphin. Addison like brought up a good point though. So let's say that. Uh, so let's see, they have, so Miller has him at, so that's 70, 70th overall. So that's a right. day two pick. So Preston Williams is undrafted. Does he go down? Is he the guy that, I mean, because of, because of draft capital, he gets, he gets bumped to the side and he sees less of, less of, a, I mean, I guess less targets like coming into this season because they want to get their, I mean, assuming all this comes to fruition, they get Tua and they're moving forward with Tua. Let's say they even get Swift. And so now they have Parker, Preston, and Pittman. So, I mean, Parker, they've already got, I mean, they, let's see if they want to extend them or they want to see if they want to like make any sort of long term deal with them. He's already set. And now it comes down to: Do they really want to get a feel for Preston? See what he can do in year two, undrafted. But now they have Pittman here with day two draft capital. I mean, so if he does, if he does go there, well, we like the fit. But based off of draft capital, is it possible that he's the one that? I mean, that Preston Williams, he's the one that gets kind of, you know, odd man out like type of thing. Because Swift, so- we'd already know his pass catch ability, and Gasecki is already there. That's the thing, though, is that uh, we didn't really get far enough in the process with Preston Williams to know exactly where he would have been drafted because the character concerns were always there. But uh, he would have been a respectable pick, um, probably a little bit later than where Pittman's being projected. But you got to think after going 32 receptions for 428 yards and three touchdowns and and outproducing Devontae Parker, even when Devontae Parker was performing admirably, he was still outproducing him slightly in the games that he played, it, it's got to at least reset. That's why I just don't think the pick's going to happen. I mean, I, unless there's character concerns still uh, that we don't know about, especially in this, what might be a long off season, I don't see why they'd be taking Pittman because uh, you got Albert Wilson. That's going to probably have the slot locked down because none of those three players profile to be a full-time slot player. Uh, you basically are saying I'm, I'm going to replace Preston Williams. And I don't necessarily know why you would do that unless one, the character concerns, which is why he wasn't drafted in the first place or two uh, that his ACL is not healing properly. Uh, but assuming he comes back healthy, I just think that they just take the slam dunk that they got and roll with it because he already has outproduced undrafted by, quite a bit yeah i think the biggest issue so i can see this happening if this were if michael pittman were to go you know preston williams tore his acl at the beginning of november so that timeline would already put him probably really close to the start of the season right fully back you know so if he goes through i mean uh we're also assuming this all even happens <laughs> right <laughs> right that's the extra like days in training camp <laughs> right not, not just that Pittman goes but also oh, like oh right right the nfl yeah. season yeah <laughs> right so like so you know if if that even happens and preston williams is out with you know still recovering from the acl injury and rehabbing and he's missing otas he's missing mini camp he's missing most of training camp you know, is that going to be the opportunity that Michael Pittman needs to come in, solidify himself as a wide receiver two across from Devontae Parker, and then Preston Williams just kind of, you know, has to sit back because he didn't have the opportunity 
to, you know, come in and compete with Michael Pittman. And it's going to take, you know, Michael Pittman, you know, either slacking or not really catching on to the offense as a rookie or doing whatever that and or whatever, you know, for Preston Williams to come back in. Now, there is that other argument, too, where when you look at Preston Williams, you know, he missed uh, or he played in eight games, missed the other eight. And he was on pace for nearly a thousand yards and six touchdowns in his rookie year. Right. That was that was a fantastic rookie season for wide receivers and you know would have been pretty elite in terms of, of rookie seasons for wide receivers. So I mean there is that also to to be acknowledged too, that mm-hmm. you know he was doing that. And that was also with like Josh Rosen for a few of those games as well, too. Right. And some of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, you know, it's it's Man, it would be it would be tough to project what the Dolphins would do, but you know, assuming that um, Michael Pittman takes a lot of those reps in in mini camp and training camp, you know, that's already a really nice lead on the, at least the 2020 season for him over Preston Williams. Assuming Parker is the you know the wide receiver one for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would be I think I'd be buying Preston Williams actually if Pittman got drafted there because his stock's already quite affordable, and then it would be dumpster diving at that point and it would just be a good uh good dart to throw because i mean the thing with uh, film guys like preston williams was is that we're looking for early confirmation bias and we got it right away with preston williams he immediately showed us in the nfl what he did in college so i, I mean he's good i think he's going to continue to be good as long as his uh as long as his leg heals up, he's going to be fast and he's going to be huge. So mm-hmm. that would be a dark just, – just keep that in mind after hearing this show. Uh, if if a wide receiver goes relatively early, that just keep Preston Williams in mind. Yep. Um, the last thing we're going to do is get to these quarterbacks, right? So uh, let's switch the order a little bit just so that we go in order of where the, the QBs were drafted. Um, so we have three QBs on the block. we got Burrow to it, and then I'm skipping a few QBs and going to Hurts because I just think that he should be drafted way higher. So, Addison, you got Burrow. What do you think about Burrow's landing spot and Matt Miller's mock, and how do you feel about him this year? So, I mean, obviously Matt Miller has uh, Joe Burrow going first overall to the Cincinnati Bengals, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of the uh, the default. This is what's going to go. Yep. I'm curious how much – smoke and fire there actually is with the Dolphins wanting to trade up for him because that makes for a very interesting debate on if you have the 101 in a Superflex and you're looking at taking Joe Burrow, which team would you prefer him to be on? I think for fantasy purposes, I would rather him go to Cincinnati because I think that the uh, the receiving core of A.J. Green, John Ross, Tyler Boyd, and Auden Tate, and then Joe Mixon out of the backfield is so much more enticing mm-hmm. than Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, insert rookie running back here, and whoever else. Gusecki. You know? Mm -hmm. So I think for fantasy purposes, I'd much rather see him in Cincinnati. And I would, you know, I would assume that they would start addressing the offensive line a little bit more as well, too, and and doing all of that. And um, so I I am 100% in on Joe Burrow as my my quarterback one. If he lands in either places, it's not going to change for me. Um, where I'm going to take him. I'm taking him as the quarterback one. He had like by far the best season in collegiate football history for a quarterback ever. Like he's, he was fantastic. And like, there's really nothing more to say about it. His accuracy is on point, deep ball accuracy, his decision-making, he's mobile. He can run. He has that rushing upside. You know, there's just so much talent, uh, you know, for Joe Burrow that I just, it really doesn't matter to me if he goes to Cincinnati or he goes to Miami or, you know, even if like LA wants to make a move and trade up for him or whatever, it really, it really does not matter. He's my quarterback one in rookie drafts in Superflex drafts. He's my one one. I'm all in on Joe Burrow. My feelings on Joe Burrow are already known. I mean, I'm biased. I mean, it's we've 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 needed to move on from Andy Dalton for a number of years now, and I think with Zach Taylor coming in and having a more want a pass-friendly offense, like increased passing rate in neutral situations. Uh, it's just something that, I mean, Andy Dalton, like while he's, I think, a functional quarterback, while I think he's at replacement level, maybe slightly below, depending on if we're getting into the playoff discussion, which hurts. Uh, I think that's where I think Joe Burrow can can make that improvement. He can make the team, like, take that step forward. And with the current wide receiver corpse that's in that's in place, I mean, we're assuming that 
AJG is going to be there. He's going to take the tag and play under the tag this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but Auden Tate, I mean, he definitely changed my mind on him. Like after he came out, because I, I never, I did not see this coming from Auden Tate. But Tyler Boyd, uh, I mean, keep doing your thing, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping that this team can actually like make it a legitimate push forward. It's going to be difficult. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, now you have. I mean, this was. If you talked to me about like adding a quarterback of like Burrow stature, maybe two or three seasons ago, like sure we might have had a shot. But now with uh, Lamar Jackson and we're assuming that Cleveland gets on the right track, uh, I mean, and Pittsburgh is still definitely uh, in the way. I mean, it's hard to see them getting out of the division, but it's got to be better than what we've had like the last like four or five years. So I'm 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 hoping that this makes a this makes an impact. All right. So, Chris, uh, JT goes to the Dolphins at. Pick 26, Superflex, are you taking Burrow or JT? Superflex? Yeah. Burrow. What about you, Addison? Easy Burrow. All right. I'm going to reserve my um, my Burrow until after Tua. So go ahead with Tua, Chris. Uh, I mean, that's that's the easiest. Like, Well, I mean, Burrow to Cincinnati is probably the easiest. Uh, I mean, the connections from like from family like on down. I mean, this, I mean, the yeah we'll see what happens like on day one on april 23rd but i mean from there uh i mean the easiest one or at least the easiest projection after that is Tua to miami i mean that's been that's been the thing for like over like a year now i mean it i don't think that there's much to say i mean i don't think the team has indicated that they are i guess looking anywhere else i don't think that uh, from a draft capital perspective, I mean, sure, they might wind up blowing it by thinking they need to move up to three in order to do it. Uh, I hope that they don't because uh, they'll probably wind up. I mean, sure, two is an excellent prospect. Don't get me wrong. But from a team building perspective, what they're going to have to mortgage in order to move up from five to three, I think is like a horrible process. But uh, from a uh, from a prospect perspective, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't get much better than that. I mean, draft i mean from a uh from on field like processing perspective from a downfield throwing perspective from a uh, reading coverage perspective there have been few that are i guess on that similar tier i mean joe burrow absolutely like what he was able to do but i mean right behind him uh i think is is to uh so i i think that uh from and from the way that miami is poised right now we were just talking about uh at least uh having Parker and Preston they add a third like uh they add a third guy like Pittman or even if let's say Alan Hearns or Albert Wilson or any of those other guys like take a step forward and they can be that wide receiver three I mean now I mean we are I mean that is a legitimate offense I mean Ryan Fitzpatrick sure I mean he gives the he gives the quarterback position some level of credibility but now if they add somebody like Tua and then they continue to make those additions on the offense. I mean, this is a legitimate franchise. This is not, I mean, and they've, and if this happens, let's say all this works out and they, they get to a, uh, let's say they, they don't even need to draft Pittman. Let's say they just get a good, like a big bodied wide receiver. Uh, I mean, or at least a, a decent outside wide receiver. They could just get, give me Mims, uh, Give me somebody like, I mean, maybe even Gandy Golden. That might be like falling a bit farther, but and they get well, and definitely Swift as well. If they pick up Swift as well, I mean, this is now how this should be the blueprint for other teams that are looking to tank. I mean, because we looked at Cleveland when it was they were going to wind up tanking and then they got Baker and then they fell flat on their face like last season. But I mean, this should be the blueprint on how you properly tank, like moving forward. And if they do this, I mean, this is going to be something that I don't think from a historical perspective has ever been done correctly, where you identify what you need in the upcoming draft and they mortgaged enough. I mean, with the Tunsil trade, uh, moving Minka, I mean, they've done enough to position themselves to now become a legitimate franchise in a division that we all saw as just being Tom Brady's division. And they could just wind up going from like zero to hero like it, within a season. And to me, that's remarkable. What do you got on to Addison? I mean, he's, he's my quarterback too. There's really nothing, you know, that I, I don't like 
about his game. You know, he has the the accuracy and all the passing stats that you want, everything from a passing and a leadership perspective. He has the rushing capability. If he goes to Miami, you know, with the weapons there, you know, you mentioned Parker, Preston, Williams, Kosicki. If they do draft DeAndre Swift or somebody who can catch passes out of the backfield other than Jordan Howard, you know, that's a fantastic landing spot for him. And, you know, he would – it would be a conversation for me on if I would take him at 102 versus like if Jonathan Taylor goes to like a really juicy spot. Um, like if Taylor ends up do, does end up going to like Miami or something like that, um, you know, it, it would be a conversation for me. But I mean, he's he's definitely for sure 102, 103, nothing past 103 in Superflex drafts. And, you know, every, everything that Chris said, like, you know, that, that Dolphins team can be really scary. It can be their division really quick now that Tom Brady's not in the division. And, you know, with, with Tua leading the way for them, it could just be, you know, a, an easy transition into the NFL for him from Alabama. Um, I don't really have any concerns uh, from, you know, a, a Tua perspective for for him. And, uh, you know, it's, it's Burrow and it's Tua, and then it's a bunch of other quarterbacks for me in this class. Like, I don't really – I don't like Herbert. I think Hertz is, you know, I think Hertz is my quarterback three, but you know, he won't he won't have the draft capital to really make an impact year one, um, unless injuries happen or something like that. We'll get to that soon with your pick. But you know, I, I'm I'm in on Tua. I'm good. And I actually just got a sleeper alert on him that said he's hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, I just saw there that. I saw yeah. that as well. Could could play today. All right, so Here's this my take on Tua. I'm not afraid to move him over Burrow uh, whatsoever. We have time. We have a lot of time. Um, I I have a very complex thought process in in rookie drafts. So I try to make rookie drafts as much my um, like uh, my my picks that are like uh, I I they're an addition. They're an addition to my rosters. I, I try to make my roster as great as I can so that my rookie picks are luxury picks. That's what I was looking for. So when I'm approaching rookie drafts, I want them to be my luxury picks. I don't want my team to suffer. That's why I don't draft for need. I'm always best player available. Um, hopefully rookie running backs just because they're the cheapest form of production in my opinion. But I'm approaching my rookie drafts in, in that they're luxury, but I still want to hit my picks. And I, I'm just a little bit, I'm a little bit tighter in my evaluations because I just don't want to take any chances. And if, if Tua didn't get hurt, I don't know that this is a huge conversation. I mean, he, we, we called it tank for Tua because for two years, Tua was what, how we're looking at Trevor Lawrence right now. The problem is the dude just crushed his hip and I completely get that. And Joe Burrow had the, like you said, the best season in the history of the NCAA. Um, my problem is that it was just the season and it's no knock to burrow as much as it is that just two was was perfect to me on the field um i i didn't see many holes in his game whatsoever there were no throws that you could identify that he couldn't make like you know lamar jackson just got demolished as a passer coming out because frankly he couldn't throw 10 yard outs um and that was one thing that you could just say that's his problem right there Besides a destroyed hip, I can't really look at Tua and say I have any problems with his game. Uh, if you look at this draft, I'm going to tell everybody Matt Miller's draft for the Dolphins in case anybody um, hasn't actually looked at it themselves. They've got Tua. Then they draft, draft Josh Jones, a tackle, great tackle, to protect Tua. Then they take a luxury pick in Swift in the first round. That's their third first round pick, kind of like the Raiders had. And then they take one of these third round wide receivers, which I don't necessarily believe it should be Pittman at all, but say KJ Hamler falls, something like that, like we were talking about earlier. Now we're talking about Tua, Swift, KJ Hamler, Parker, Williams, and Gusecki. I don't know. I'll, I think I would take that over. You got to remember AJ Green's on a franchise tag. Who knows if he's going to even be AJ Green again this coming year. Not to mention, is he going to get a contract again this coming year? So we might be looking at a Tyler Boyd and maybe not even Joe Mixon because Joe Mixon's the same deal as Leonard Fournette. He's got to go up for contract next year. You could be looking at a wasteland in Cincinnati after next year. And I just don't know why you take that chance when you have, I just listed seven young studs for the Dolphins. That would be around Tua, who I think is just perfectly polished besides the injury. And Joe Burrow, who 
I don't want to say it was lightning in a bottle because it was just too great to, I don't, that, that sounds like a bad connotation. It was amazing. But you take him after having one great season and you put him in an offense that might just implode. And who even knows if Zach Taylor was as amazing as he was supposed to be because have we seen it yet? So Joe Burrow is my 101 right now. I'm not going to buy he could play tomorrow. That, not a chance. Not after destroying your hip. They're just saying that because they can and they're confident that come draft time he will be. And you can't even perform a physical right now. So nobody can confirm it. So smart move by his camp, but I'm not buying that. Burrow's my 101 for now, but I'm just saying I, I'm very willing to move to up if it, if it came down to it. I, I need to uh, – I need to get one more quarterback in there, though. I was long-winded, and now we're long-winded, but I do need to get one more quarterback in here. Uh, Jalen Hurts is my quarterback for this exercise, and it's because I I just think that he's going to get drafted way too late in the NFL, and I think his his ability is what the NFL covets right now. Now, by no means is he a Lamar Jackson, um, not a Cam Newton, nothing like that, but he could be a Dak Prescott. And uh, that's kind of how I imagine him coming into the league because Matt Miller has him going to the Colts at 34 uh, from the Redskins. Now, that's a pretty darn good landing spot for him. Uh, He would probably sit for maybe a year, though I think it would be more like the Baker Mayfield and Tyrod Taylor situation. Um, The Colts say that they don't see any physical downslide for Philip Rivers in the last two years. I mean, we all watched football. (laughs) He does not look like the old Philip Rivers whatsoever. So it wouldn't take long for Jalen Hurts to get his opportunity. But um, I just think that he's going to come in. He's going to have a Dak Prescott like archetype, uh, very mobile. Uh, He ran actually a lot more designed runs than Dak Prescott ever did, but he's very mobile in the pocket, similar to Dak Prescott. He's tough. I I just think that he's a guy that's going to get opportunity early in the Teams are going to wonder, you know, two to three years down the road, why were these quarterbacks? Why was Eason or Fromm or even Love taken before Hurts? Why did we let that happen? I think that's the type of thing that we're going to look at, like like the Mitchell Trubisky over the uh, Mahomes and Watson, I think, is what we're going to see with Hurts. Um, I just want to mention before I pass it off that another mock that I was working off previously had him to the Patriots. Although the weapons are way worse for the Patriots, I do like that a little bit better because I think he would just walk right into the opportunity. Uh, what do you got on Jalen Hurts, Chris? Uh, I mean, I still I, I look back or the only thing the first thing that comes to mind about Jalen Hurts is uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was the the video of him and uh, Steve Mariucci at the combine. Uh, Did not. Uh, he so Mariucci like he. Uh, had he put up on the whiteboard it was like it was almost like one of those like Gruden grinder sessions uh and Mariucci like he puts up a play like on the whiteboard uh and like he he lays out like what the uh, what the offensive line is supposed to be doing like what the what the protection is supposed to be um what the tight end is supposed to be doing like the option for him the option for the running back uh, and then they've got uh, a, like I think a two wide receiver set on the left side, their options, and uh, then he and then afterwards he puts up like what the what the defense is doing, and then he asks Jalen to react like what he would do, and so then Jalen like reads you know he's like okay well the defense is doing this I would pick this option and I would throw to this receiver because of this, and then he walks through his thought process. It was really well thought out. And then uh, they sit down and they talk about it's just a basic interview for about five minutes going back and forth about uh, I think Mariucci like asked him straight up. He was like, well, why didn't you uh, why didn't you run or why didn't you try out for wide receiver? And he was like, I'm a quarterback, like just straight up. I mean, that was the end of it. Yeah. And then uh, he was like, well, why didn't you try? I'm a quarterback again deadpan like just straight up like no no problem and then uh they go through the interview for a bit more and then uh he asks and then mariucci asks him to uh recite that same play that he walked him through and then jalen hurts does it without an issue he comes Mm. up i mean instantly recalls like what was up there on the whiteboard without an issue i mean the kid is smart i mean i mean forget about uh i mean some of the issues that we might have saw I think from a mechanical perspective, like he understands like the game of football. I mean, he's a coach's son, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, just brought up around the mm-hmm. game and like his, uh, his level of like competitiveness, like it just won't allow him to not become like, I guess a, a decent quarterback. And with the way that 
the game is now starting to trend towards like quarterbacks that can produce not just on the ground but through the air. I mean, he fits into that mold of a guy that I mean, give get get him to Carolina. Mm-hmm. I mean, like my put, goodness, put, put him in Carolina. And let's see what he can do. Like, you know, they, I know they have Teddy there for, I think they, two what, years, two years, get him, get so. him in Carolina, allow him to, I mean, progress as a passer and then take over for Teddy. Like afterwards, I mean, he'd be a perfect, I mean, if they want to try and, I guess, uh, I guess rebuild that, that cam hype after letting him go. I mean, do, I mean, do, do not tell me that Jalen Hurts could not at least do a decent Cam Newton impression, like assuming he gets more of a feel for the game at the professional level and he progresses more as a passer. I mean, but I think that with his mindset, I think he'd be perfect for uh, for a system like what they're what I think they're going to implement, like in Carolina. It comes down to fit, but I do think that Hurts has that talent in order to do that. What do you got on Hurts, Addison? I, I am in on Jalen Hurts. I, um, you know, a, a couple months ago, I tweeted out saying that like I really hadn't heard a lot of buzz around Jalen Hurts and stuff, and I tweeted out his stats this year compared to Lamar Jackson's Heisman uh, winning season. You know, and, and they're they're very similar. And I'm not saying that you know Jalen Hurts is Lamar Jackson just because they're they run the ball and they're whatever, but. Um, you know, I, I really think Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback in this class who outside of Burrow and Tua is going to be the most successful. And, you know, and I, and I really hope that he ends up, you know, like you said, like in Carolina would be like fantastic. Although that really puts a damper on my PJ Walker love. I think Hurts, <laughs> <you know, laughs> I, I think Hurts, you know, is a perfect fit for Carolina. I think he would I think he would work well in Indianapolis as well too, like post Philip Rivers. I think he would work well in uh, like Oakland or something like that as well too. You know, without Derek Carr and without Mariota and all that. So I think there's a lot of places that Jalen Hurts can go. It, even the Chargers, you know, if they want a better Tyrod Taylor, you know, that's Jalen Hurts in the second round, right? So I, I'm I'm all in on on Hurts. I love the fact that he's you know a passer first and then a runner second. And for fantasy, that rushing ability is just all the upside you need for for him to be, you know, a top 10 or a quarterback one in, in fantasy, you know. So if he can come in year one, take over a starting job halfway through the year and propel himself into year two into being a team starting quarterback and, you know, has a, a nice leash to be able to go on because of, you know, a lower draft capital or whatever, I, I think – I think Hertz has all the makings of, you know, a, a really good quarterback in the NFL, and he's going to be a perfect dart throw for you in one quarterback leagues and like third or fourth round, you know, depending on where he he goes and, and when. Uh, and then in superflex leagues, if he's there in the second round, you know, I'd rather have Jalen Hurts than you know maybe take a shot on a guy like a running back like Keyshawn Vaughn or Zach Moss or something like that. You know, after all the the top running backs and wide receivers go, and you're stuck there deciding between Hurts or Vaughn or, or Moss or you know, even KJ Hamler, really too. De- just depending on landing spot here, I'm I'm all in on Jalen Hurts. So I really I really like just talking about him and and having him be mentioned. And I feel like that's going to really hurt a lot of people trying to get him cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he goes to one of those two teams I mentioned, either the Colts or the Patriots in the second round, it's going to be tough getting him in the second round of rookie drafts. And the first round is going to get saturated with these rookies. If if all these rookies that we're talking about actually go in the first round, I mean, we've at least got Tua, we got Herbert, we have Burrow, and Love is being talked about in the first round. And then even some people had like Eason in the first round or something like that. And then if Hertz made his way into the first round or even early second, a lot of, lot of productivity is going to fall into the second round of these rookie drafts. So just keep that in mind when you're trying to – trade up those rookie picks or packages rookie picks trade up into the second round but you don't necessarily have to package your picks to get into the first because we could get saturated with these qbs really quick but addison this has to be the umpteenth show we've done together we partnered over at ff statistics we hung out at the uh, convention now we're partners at over at dlf working on the video stuff pleasure to be with you again man uh anything else to share anything else you got going on this is your time Hey, yeah, thank you for for having me on. I, I love you know the podcast, and I love working with you guys. And uh, you know, I really hope we have the opportunity to connect again in Canton this year. I hope that 
all this all this stuff um you know blows over before then so we can you know have the opportunity to do that again as an industry because it was so much fun so um but but yeah thank you guys for for having me on i'm on twitter at amazehaze underscore um you know all the stuff we have the tools over on dlf they're 100 free all that video content on dlf's youtube um the only you know personal thing that i would you know want to plug right here is my solo podcast the fantasy minute you know um i i um like to have all these episodes come in just really quick hitting you know like seven eight nine minute episodes on you know i've been recently doing stuff on like the deandre hopkins trade um i'm working on one right now for stefan diggs to buffalo just you know stuff like that that you can easily digest in like eight to ten minutes and uh and then also as well too i have going on there all my behind the analysts uh podcast as well so I, i'm grabbing big name guys in the industry i'd recently just had on jason moore scott fish um i'm doing another one i'm actually we're recording this on wednesday so tomorrow i'm recording with matthew barry so i'm super excited for that um and it's just a podcast talking with these people and like i call it like an ellen degeneres type show um but you know it's just a a kind of a talk showy kind of thing just talking to all these analysts how they got started some of their you know life outside of fantasy football just getting to know you know like the title says the the people behind the analysts so Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, it's all on uh, my podcast, The Fantasy Minute. You can find that wherever you look for podcasts or listen to podcasts and stuff. Just type in Fantasy Minute. Uh, it's just an hourglass logo. That's me, and that's that's all of it. So appreciate you guys having me on. Awesome, awesome. We we look forward to uh, working together in the future and with my best Chris Allen impression. Chris, we got anything left? No, that's it. Uh, thanks for, I mean, special thanks to Addison. Um, I know that uh, he has definitely uh, given us a larger platform by like uh, inviting us onto the shows that he's been doing and also pumping us up over at the mailbag, like getting us all set up over there. So, I mean, huge shout out to you, Addison. Uh, but I think that's it for right now. I mean, other than that, hope folks are uh, safe. Uh, safe with their families right now and uh, like I'll echo Addison's statement I hope this all blows over here soon and we can get back to uh, more arguing about uh, fantasy sports as soon as possible awesome thank you guys so much for joining us please uh, like comment rate review subscribe please check us over at the DLF mailbag show we're actually doing one today so uh, we'll be live for that if anybody wants to check it out Um, and we'll catch you next time 101 pick when it hits you feel no pain praying for the fantasy championship hit the books kid read this pamphlet called the dynasty owner's manual it's automatic dynasty it's automatic owner's manual it's automatic dynasty it's automatic